Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. You are now about to hear a special presentation from Pastor David Baird. Please enjoy. Hello, One Church, Virginia Beach. Pastor David here, and I'm so honored to be with you this week. I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, the church has pivoted. Uh, first church, first, uh, one church in Virginia Beach has pivoted, and when we can't meet together, what are we going to do? Well, we meet together online, we, and I would encourage you to chat. I would encourage you to post. Let somebody know right now that you are watching this. Put it right in the subject line, and uh, it would actually be great if you would take a moment now and share this post on Facebook Live with uh, your wall, and maybe one of your friends will actually tune in and be a part of this message. So uh, we can still interact, we can still get together, and we are still the church, and the church is still operative, the church is still in action. And Lee and Rick and, of course, Pastor Wally and the others who are on the teaching team, I think you guys have done a tremendous job. I try to, to catch the broadcast from Northern Virginia each week, and I would encourage you to be bold and share. Let, let's let one church grow during this season. And then when we come back together in person later on, and that will happen. Because understand something, this pandemic has an expiration uh, date on it, and we will be back together. We speak that in faith. We know, and, and I pray it's sooner than later, but until then, let's take advantage of the opportunity to still share with one another, to still meet one another's needs, to get to know each other. I've probably made more calls since the pandemic started than I'd made in years. People I've reconnected with, we've got a noon Bible study each weekday and people that I hadn't talked to in years are on that Bible study. So take advantage in your world of this. Don't just sit around and complain. Uh, man, we could all do our share of complaining because uh, I, I want to get the country reopened. I don't know about you, but I'm anxious. I'm kind of like Simon Peter, who I'm going to talk about today. I've got a little impulsiveness about this, but uh, while we're waiting, let's take advantage. And so I want to pray before I preach today for you and for all of you who are watching, maybe you're a family member or a friend of somebody who's part of one church. And, and I just want to pray that the peace of God would be with you. I pray against all anxiety. I pray against all suicide thoughts. Pray against depression, despair. And also pray against sickness. Pray against this virus. Let it not come near you. Let it not come near your family, your children, your children's children, your, your relatives. And so let me just pray with you right now. God, I thank you that we can be together this weekend. And thank you for the word of God. And I pray that as the word of God is opened, it will build faith. It will, it will encourage us, and it will actually set the tone for our week ahead. And we pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So like I say, continue to use the, the chat. Continue to let us know who you are. If you've got a prayer need, just write it in there. And I've never met a more responsive group of people than the leaders of one church in Virginia Beach. We are here for you. And we don't want you to do life alone. We want to be there with you. Now, uh, Pastor Wally decided that uh, starting this weekend, we were going to delve into the book of Acts and do a few messages over the next month or so about how the gospel that Jesus established through his teaching and implemented on the cross and obviously was validated by his resurrection, how that teaching went to the whole world. Jesus had told his disciples before he left that uh, the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out and the, the power of God, you'll receive power first in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I think we're going to do a few messages tracking that outreach of the gospel because God never gives us his grace for us to hoard. In fact, I've never met a hoarder that really understood grace and understood God's provision. Most hoarders are worry warts. Most hoarders, uh, you know, uh, don't enjoy life. And I don't even think this is the time to hoard. I think it's the time to give it away because as we've received it, we give it away. And when we do that, so much more comes to us in return. So um, what I want to do, and then what Pastor Wally is going to do next week, is to just briefly look at the lives of the two men whom God chose to be the, the leaders of the promulgation of the gospel through the early church. In fact, the, the book in the Bible is called the Book of Acts, but I, I really uh, like to call it the Church of Acts because I believe First Church, Virginia Beach, is the Church of Acts today. And I believe God is still using men and women who will say, look, I'll, I'll step up, I'll make my life count, I'll let the potential that God has put in me be used for the building of the church. In fact, that's really the reason God has us here. It's so that we can be a part of His ministry, be His ministers of reconciliation. And that's just a big term that means we help connect other people to Christ through not just our words and not just our teaching, but through our good deeds, through our acts of, of benevolence, through meeting people's needs, through visiting the prisoner, through take, taking care of the sick, through uh, ministering to the poor. When we do that, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we're actually being used of God. But God really chose two men. One is Peter, the other is Paul. And if you look at the 28 chapters in the book of Acts, you'll really see that all 28 chapters of Acts flows out of the ministry of these two men. Once the Holy Spirit was outpoured on the day of Pentecost, who stepped up? It was Peter. He's the one that preached the first great message, the longest sermon in the Bible uh, by anybody but Jesus. I guess the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' teaching was a little longer, but Peter preached this incredibly uh, powerful message that actually became the foundation of the early church. 
And then we find in Acts 9, Paul comes into the picture. His name wasn't Paul then. I'll, I'll let Pastor Wally next week uh, you know, unpackage that for you. But really what we have are two men that God used in an incredible way, and both of them had very checkered past. Both of them were very unusual. And I think religious people would never have chosen Peter because of his failure when he denied Jesus, nor Paul because he was a terrorist when he was Saul and he terrorized the early church. And I don't think religious people would have ever in their plan included Peter or Paul. But I'm glad that we are not driven by religion. At least at one church we are not. We are driven by grace. And how many know grace never gives up on anyone? Grace never says you're too far gone. So I want to just touch on Peter here for a few minutes today. Uh, now, I'm going to read a passage in John 21. So really the first teaching in the book of Acts is not even from the book of Acts. It's from the book of John. But backing up a little bit, we understand Peter was one of the 12 apostles. And very early on, he distinguished himself by his impulsiveness, by his, uh, you know, he was, he was a bragger. He, he was somebody that uh, wasn't afraid to speak up. And I think his intentions were always good, but that's just the kind of personality he had. And by the way, I'm going to tell you at the end today, God will use whatever personality you have. That doesn't have to be changed as far as your potential and as far as your personality, but it does have to be broken so that you submit it to God. And this is what we're going to see in our passage today. But Peter stepped up. In fact, in Matthew 16, he's the one who, when Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And Peter got the revelation, you are the Christ. First time. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. You're the one that's, that we've been looking for. And, of course, Jesus quickly commended Peter by saying, Look, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And, and Jesus called him a rock. That's where he got his name from. In fact, it's interesting to me that both men that God used to establish the book of Acts, the early church, both men had name changes because in that era, names meant something. And so Peter went from being Simon to Simon Peter, which meant he was going to be the rock upon which Jesus built his church. Too many Protestants trying to react to uh, their Catholic upbringing have tried to diminish that verse and even create erroneous word meanings for that. I'm telling you, when Jesus says, Peter, you're going to be the rock upon which I build my church, it wasn't that Peter was going to be the one that owned the church. The church always remained Jesus's. It was always Jesus's church. It was never Peter's church, but Jesus did say, look, Peter, I'm going to build my church upon you. I'm going to build my church. You are Peter, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. But what do we have right after that? Peter all of a sudden says, look, you're not going to die. And um, when Jesus told them he was going to suffer, you, you're not going to, this is not going to happen to you. So he's stepping up in his impulsiveness and saying, look, he's, he's trying to take charge and he's trying to have his way. Most people have strong personalities like Peter. They, they want to be in charge of the room. And that was kind of like Peter. He, he's even, you know, talking back to Jesus and Jesus called him Satan. In, in Matthew 16, he called him two things. He says, you're the rock, but you're acting like Satan now. 
Some of us can relate to that. One day we're on top of the world, man, we, we've got a calling from God, and the next day we feel like Satan uh, because we feel rebuked by Jesus. And we know Peter would go on, and the most infamous thing he would ever do is on the night of Jesus' uh, betray, betrayal and on the night before Jesus died, Peter is going to deny after Jesus is arrested that he even knew Jesus, and he's going to do it three times. He's going to do it once by a charcoal fire, um, maybe twice, once or twice, I think it's recorded, by a charcoal fire. And he's going to deny that he knew Jesus. What an incredible low moment. Now, I'm telling you, uh, the religious community, there's no denomination on earth that would have ever given Peter a second chance to be in charge of the church. In fact, any reinstatement of Peter, he would have had to take a much lesser position. But now, after the resurrection... Of course, Peter, he runs to the tomb. He's running fast to get there. And um, he's there when Jesus appeared behind closed doors. It's recorded in John 20. He's there the next Sunday after the resurrection when Jesus appeared and, and took care of Thomas's doubts. But still the disciples were struggling. And they're just like you and I. We can have a great service, man. We can get all inspired tonight, but by Monday or Tuesday, we can be back battling the same vices and demons that we battled before church today. And that's kind of the disciples. And in John 21, they actually went fishing. They had this incredible relapse, and they decided to go back and do what they were doing before because thing, they were, this is a new normal. They had been used to being with Jesus every minute of the day for three years, and now Jesus is showing up very sporadically. So in John 21, they went fishing, and I'm not going to read how Jesus showed up to all the disciples, but picking up in verse 15, and now, now what did Jesus do when he showed up? I do want to say this. He uh, met them and, and served them breakfast. He ate with them anew in his kingdom around a charcoal fire. To me, that's got to be significant to reminding Peter of his denial. Where did Peter deny Jesus? At a charcoal fire. Where did Jesus show up and eat with Peter and the other disciples? By a charcoal fire early in the morning. And so um, verse 15 of John 21, I'll pick it up. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And that's a good question because Peter, before the crucifixion, the night before at the Last Supper, he says, look, I'm going to follow you. Maybe no one else is going to follow you because you're saying, Jesus, we can't go where you're going, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to leave the other boys behind and I'm going to be out there. That's when Jesus says, look, you're not going to get too far before the sun comes up. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And um, so um, Peter did that, we, we know, and he fell in that incredible low moment of his life, probably the lowest moment since he had followed Jesus. And so uh, Jesus is really referencing uh, the night before he died here when he says, Simon, son of Jonah, didn't even call him Peter at this moment. Do you love me more than these? Do you agape me? Are you going to lay your life down? For me, more than these others are going to do. Yes, Lord, Peter says, you know I love you. And Peter uses a different word for love than Jesus used. Jesus used agape. Peter used the word phileo, where we get Philadelphia from. It's affection, brotherly love. You know I have affection for you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs if you do. That's a good word for any of us today. If you love Jesus, 
Serve Him by taking care of the people around you, taking care of the poor, taking care of those who are in need. Then um, Jesus asked the same question. Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape? Do you love me? <laughs> and Peter says, yes, Lord. You know I, phileo, you know I have affection for you. And again, he uses a different word. Then Jesus says, well, if you do take care of my sheep. And then a third time he asked him a question. But this time Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? So he actually uses agape the first two times. The third time, he actually chooses Peter's word. Do you really have affection for me, Peter? And this is when Peter broke down. The Bible says in verse 17, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I have affection for you. And I believe what's happening right here is Jesus is breaking Peter down. Peter was always the, the brash, he was the brash one. He was always the, the most impulsive. He was always the one that knew better. He always had something to say. He was always the bragger. He was always out in front. And that kind of personality God can use, but he can only use if it's broken. And, and Peter didn't get, you see, our failure will not break us. Uh, we may think our failure will break us. No, our failure will destroy us if we don't learn from it. Failure is not the tool God uses. It, it, it's, it, God uses failure. I don't want to get it wrong. I think we all have sin. We all have failure and God uses that. But it's failure that encounters the word of Christ. It's failure that encounters the revelation of what God is doing when he uses that failure. So it's not enough just to sulk and say, I failed God. That doesn't humble us. That just causes us despondency. What really humbles us is when God confronts us. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's confronting Peter and he's saying, look, I'm going to deal with your brashness. I'm going to deal with you saying you've got affection for me. And I believe at that moment, the third time when Peter was so hurt because Jesus asked him, do you really have affection for me? See, I think when Jesus was saying, do you love me? Do you have agape for me? That, that, you know, Peter may have been saying, well, you know, I didn't lay my life down like you laid yours down, so what? But I think what really broke Peter, because Peter did have affection for Jesus. He loved him dearly, is when Jesus asked him the third time. And I believe the three times is merely corresponding to the three denials. And it is at this moment that Peter is reinstated. And Jesus would say, look, Peter, Feed my sheep. And that's what Peter did. Peter fed Jesus' sheep because when the Holy Spirit came, you got to understand, this is now somewhere in the 40 days where Jesus is still appearing back and forth. But after 40 days, Jesus ascends for the final time. I think he ascended, you know, here and there. You know, he'd go back to heaven, come back in his glorified body, show up behind closed doors, show up by the Sea of Galilee. But uh, what happens now, Jesus after 40 days goes to heaven, doesn't come back in his bodily form, but 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is outpoured. And who steps up and explains what is going on? When the Holy Spirit was outpoured, the sight and the sound show was amazing. But no one understood what was happening. People heard people talking in their own language and glorifying God that way. And, and the people were asking, look, are the disciples drunk? And Peter was the one who stepped up again. So Jesus didn't destroy the potential or even the personality that Peter had. And that's the first thing I want to leave you with today. Jesus will not destroy your uniqueness. 
in order to use you. But he will break it. And he will humble you. And that's what he did to Peter. And I believe it's at this moment, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, in front of the charcoal fire, when for the third time, Jesus confronts Peter about his affection, his love for him. When Peter is broken at that moment, we never again see in the Bible a time where Peter failed to represent Christ and to be the leader that God had called him to be. What happened on the day of Pentecost? Peter stands up and he's the apostle that says, look, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. The promises to you and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's Peter that stood up under the pressure of the Sanhedrin and he, got, he and John got arrested. Did Peter succumb like he did when he denied him? No. He was full of the Holy Spirit, but I believe not only was he full of the Holy Spirit, in his brokenness, God opened up Peter to a whole new dynamic. And that's what he wants to do for you and me. Some of you watching, you're broken. Maybe you've not been broken though like Jesus needs to break you. Maybe you're just broken in your own anguish. I'm telling you, there's a God who loves you, who doesn't give up on you. And the main thing I want to leave you with today, no matter what you've done, no matter how many mistakes you've made, God doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on your potential. In fact, He will use you and your uniqueness to serve His kingdom. And everyone who's watching, no matter what failures you have, I'm telling you, if God could use a man like Peter and reinstate him, if God could use a man like Saul who had terrorized the church, really the first terrorist against Christians in the Bible, if God could use both of those men to establish the book of Acts, He can use you and He can use me. Religion would say you're too far gone. Religion would say you don't fit the mold. But you know what grace says? Grace says, I'll reinstate you. Grace says there is a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Grace will say, no matter who you are and what you've done, my plan and my purpose still stands for your life. Somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to hear that you're not too far gone. Maybe the denomination, maybe the church told you, oh, you don't fit in. Maybe the church says you've made too many mistakes. I'm telling you, God uses broken, fallen people. And when he restores them and reinstates them, there's an element of strength that wasn't even present before. And Peter, through the first half of the book of Acts, you can read it, through the first eight chapters, we see the whole ministry of the gospel going out from Jerusalem is spearheaded by this incredible man named Simon Peter. Maybe God will have to change your name, but he'll do it. He'll reinstate you. And that's my prayer for you today. Hey, if you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your personal friend, your personal Savior, your personal Lord, or maybe you know Him, but you've fallen away. Maybe you've given up. Maybe religion has beat you up. Maybe the church has told you you are too far gone and there's no place for you. Maybe you've been relegated to a, a second-rate position. I'm telling you, whatever God's potential that He's put on your life and whatever personality you have, I want you to know it's there for serving God. And my prayer is that even as I pray right now, you're going to be restored to a place of incredible purpose and incredible significance in the kingdom of God. Jesus, I thank you. And right now, if there's anyone watching with me, I pray that just as they join me in prayer, 
that wherever they are, in their living room, in their kitchen, outside watching, in the car, wherever, that right now we would just say, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, you know, I know that I haven't been living for you, but I want to. And so I accept you as my Savior. I repent of my sins. And I ask you, by your grace, to save me today. Thank you that you haven't given up on me. Just make that declaration. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone, make it right wherever you are. Jesus, thank you that you haven't given up on me. And Jesus, I pray that you would raise up a whole army of people like Simon Peter who would be reinstated for ministry and help us to see that the greatest ministry we could ever have is to feed your lambs, to feed your sheep, to take care of those all around us who are suffering, who are hurting, who need us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.